gents and welcome to episode 8 of the Achieving Immortality in 305 Days podcast and what an episode it's going to be. We've got two and a half weeks to catch up on, some Q&As from this past week on my socials and one simple but very effective daily habit that you can start to do that is a complete and utter game changer and will transform your daily mood, mentality and approach to everything you do in life. But first, let's start by looking at my training. Now over the past few weeks there's been a few alterations that Dean's made to my training structure as we're coming to the end of my first training block which has been largely focused on general physical preparedness so what athletes refer to as GPP and this has generally included three strength days on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Monday being lower body focused, Wednesday being upper body focused and then Friday being a full body focused and then two burpee conditioning sessions on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then throughout the week, multiple burpee only sessions of varying times from 10 minutes up towards 30 minutes, just for me to fit in whenever I can around my clients. But now, um, this past few weeks has been a slight change, so we're focusing more on the burpee only sessions. My Tuesday and Thursday conditioning sessions, we've removed the conditioning elements. So things like we were doing box jumps, kettlebell swings, step ups, some additional core work within the session around burpees. They've now been replaced with just two one hour sessions of only burpees. Okay, going back to like I did on that four hour test event, doing seven burpees every minute on the minute. So that's what I'm doing on a Tuesday and Thursday. The multiple sessions of burpees that I've been doing throughout the week, they've also increased in duration and they're now each 30 minutes. So I do those on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Now, the other alteration we've made to that is the realization that as these sessions increase in time, it's gonna become harder for me to fit into my day-to-day -day work, okay, around my clients. And also, I don't want to be having to do lots of extra training outside of my hours because it's gonna impact on my home life and my social life. So what we've kind of agreed is that as long as I get the duration done, it doesn't matter whether I do it in six five-minute chunks throughout the day, three 10-minute chunks throughout the day, a 15-minute chunk here in the morning, 15 minutes in the afternoon. Basically, I can fit these daily sessions around my clients, in and around my sessions, in whatever format I need to, okay? As long as I get the daily number of burpees completed, that's the main thing. With the idea being that week to week, Dean set me a total number of burpees, so total volume, that I just need to get completed. So as long as I tick that box, it doesn't essentially matter how I do it. My strength training sessions, they, they still continue to have the same content. The exercises haven't changed for the past few weeks, but one alteration we have made, um, and this has been, it was a bit of a shock to me, I have to be honest, was that the intensity of each session has been dropped. If you aren't aware, um, there's, a, there's a general kind of intensity scale that, that personal trainers like myself, we use, it's called a rate of perceived exertion. This is a scale of one to 10. 10 being the most intense kind of reaching failure point. One being really easy, you just walk into the gym and that's that's essentially your starting point, so to speak. Now, before I was working, every exercise, every workout was based around an intensity level of seven to nine. So pushing towards failure, never reaching failure, but having a tough workout, so to speak. But now the intensity, we've dropped it down to five or six, okay? And you may wonder why these workouts have been made easier. I certainly did when Dean told me, and I thought, is this some kind of trick he's playing on me? Because why would you want to make your training easier? 
But essentially, because we're stepping up the number of burpees that I'm doing each week, then we need to be making sure that my body isn't being put under too much stress and essentially overtraining. Now that's probably a term you've heard or maybe you used yourself over the years, but a lot of people don't fully understand what that actually means, okay? So just to give you some perspective, our bodies can only deal with so much stress on a daily and a weekly basis, okay? And by stress, I don't mean probably what you think of. I don't think mean just mental stress. I mean everything that puts stress on your entire body, your entire being. Dieting is a stress. Training is a stress. Emotions are a stress. And then you've got the mental side of things. So including your work stress, your family stress, your relationship stress, money stress, okay? And it all adds up. And if you put your body through too much stress on a daily and weekly basis without allowing it time for it to recover and rest, which we do through sleep, and obviously having periods of your training where you don't train as often or as hard, then it breaks down. And this is ultimately when injuries happen, you get ill and your performance, mood and health ultimately suffer. And I've got to be honest, since we've dropped the intensity of these strength training sessions, I've seen a massive improvement across the board in my day-to-day well-being. I ache less, I'm more motivated when I get around to doing the burpee-only sessions, I'm mentally more focused at work, and even at home. Granted, we've had a tough time these past few weeks with the kids being ill, and we've had a massive lack of sleep, um, which I'll come on to later, but generally my mood is better, despite all of this difficulty we've had with, um, with the kids at the moment. So all in all, this drop off in of intensity for the strength elements has been a massive benefit for me, both in terms of my burpee training and also my day-to-day well-being. And all in all, I'd say my training at the moment is going really, really well. One huge improvement that's, that's happened and that I've noticed over the past few weeks is how much my heart rate is responding to the training that I'm doing. So when I started with Dean, my resting heart rate was around 64 beats per minute, which is good. The average or healthy heart rate, resting heart rate, is typically 72 to 73 beats per minute. So I was already in a good and healthy position. But over the number of weeks I've been working with Dean, we've been following this training plan, my resting heart rate has consistently dropped. And as I'm recording this now, my daily resting heart rate is down to 54. So that's 10 beats per minute less than it was at the start. Now that's an incredible reduction, it's huge. And if you don't know what this means in terms of health and performance, essentially, the lower your resting heart rate, is the healthier your heart is because it means it needs to be less times per minute to get all the blood that your body needs around your body. Um, as a reference point, Lance Armstrong, granted he was taking a whole host of performance enhancing drugs, but nevertheless, he was at the pinnacle of his sport, his resting heart rate was 38 beats per minute, which is ridiculously low. I'm not gonna be going down that low, but to see it drop down from 64 to 54 is a huge positive. And linking into this adaptation is another improvement I've seen, again, relating to heart rate. And I've also felt is that my average heart rate during the burpee only sessions has also dropped. So when I first started doing these day-to-day burpee sessions, my average heart rate throughout the duration, whether it was 10 minutes, 20 minutes, or 30 minutes, was 140 plus between 140 and 148. It's now down between 130 and 133. And within those sessions, the maximum heart rate that I'm getting to has dropped from being over 165 to 170 down to only being 155 to 158 beats per minute. Now, those numbers might not really mean much to you, but what essentially that is meaning is that whilst I'm doing the same number of repetitions, 
the same speed because that's not changed i've always been doing seven burpees every minute on the minute that's been standard throughout the difficulty or stress that's placed on my heart for me doing that has clearly dropped it's become easier for my heart to cope with that demand and the reason why i say i've also felt it is that when i'm doing it i'm less out of breath i no longer feel my heart pounding out of my chest and although sometimes i'm not gonna lie it can be a bit boring particularly the longer sessions depending on how hard my day-to-day job's been the sessions themselves are relatively easy and if i go back to that scale of one to ten the rpe scale that i use i'd rate the burpee only sessions even the hour-long sessions they're only about a three or a four. They are genuinely easy for me to complete. Um, so the fact my average heart rate and my maximum heart rate are also coming down whilst I'm also feeling better, um, it's a massive positive. Because the whole idea of this year's training for this challenge is to essentially get my body, specifically obviously my heart, my lungs and my muscles, to be able to cope with the demands and the stress placed on it when I'm completing the burpee challenge of 24 hours of burpees. So I've got a number of repetitions I'm aiming for, okay, that I need to be completing within this duration. And I need to be trying to make this as easy for my heart, my lungs and my muscles as possible. So to see these adaptations in what only eight to nine weeks is massive because I've still got another seven and a half months left of training. So it's making me feel, seeing these results is making me feel a hell of a lot more confident a lot more positive that as long as I keep doing what I'm doing that I'm going to be successful in this challenge. So moving on to my nutrition now this is an area that hasn't actually changed much over the past few weeks it's been very consistent in terms of the guidance anyway so the amount of calories I'm having day to day hasn't changed my protein carbs and fats haven't changed if anything the only thing that has changed is due to being Easter and me and Helen went away for a wedding one weekend my adherence over a couple of the weekends these past few weeks hasn't been the best okay over easter i ate more chocolate than normal ate more food than more normal if i'm going to be honest um i was generally a little bit less adherent to the plan um i didn't track things over a weekend when i went away for the wedding drank a lot more alcohol again didn't track what i ate i ate a lot more fast food generally just not as strict, so to speak, with my diet for those weekends, which in the grand scheme of things is absolutely fine, okay? In those one-off situations, yeah, it's not fantastic because it means that I'm not gonna be potentially getting the right amount of nutrients my body needs, or I maybe aren't going to fuel my body the best to the best of its ability, which I know it can be only a weekend, but this is something, again, people maybe don't realize is that your food doesn't just affect you for 24 hours, okay? Your food over a weekend will potentially affect your performance on a Monday or Tuesday, particularly if you've had alcohol, particularly if you've had more processed foods, takeaway foods, if you like, okay, um, junk, then your energy levels potentially on the Monday and Tuesday are also going to be compromised. So yes, in the grand scheme of things, it, having a weekend off your free diet here or there, it's not going to make a big difference to your long-term goal, but on a short-term basis, it may prove to be quite detrimental. Personally, I haven't felt a difference, but that could also be down to the fact that what I consider to be poor nutrition for myself is when you look at other people's, generally still quite good. So that's maybe why my performances haven't deteriorated as much as they should do because I'm still eating relatively well. When I have a bit of chocolate, I don't pig out, I can stop myself. When I have a takeaway, I still choose healthier options. Now these aren't things I do on purpose, it's just the way I I function, it's the way I, I choose things, okay? I don't crave 
crap food. I crave healthier crap food, if that's even a thing. Now, one point that is worth mentioning about my nutrition is that this week, I am actually speaking to um, Adam, my nutritionist, and we're gonna be having a bit of a chat about how we can start to plan for these periodic, longer burpees sessions. Um, even the one hour sessions that I'm now doing on a week to week basis, making sure that I'm properly fueled, essentially doing mini carb loads, getting the right amount of macronutrients in there, in the right ratios, making sure I'm fully hydrated, is my caffeine balance right? All that kind of stuff. So we're getting going to dive a little bit deeper this over this weekend, start of next week, in terms of my nutritional protocols on a week-to-week -week basis. Whereas before, we've only ever discussed it for the, the long durations of four hours plus. We're now going to be looking at the specifics for day-to-day -day nutrition as well. So I may start to have to have specific foods or specific meals within my day-to-day -day food that I maybe wasn't having before or altering some ingredients slightly to get a better nutritional breakdown. But I haven't had this chat yet, so I will be able to provide you more kind of insights into this in next week's episode. So for now, nothing's changing. Nothing has changed. Nothing really will change until Adam sets me this plan. But overall, I'm feeling good. My body weight is still staying static, staying the same, around 85, 86 kilos, uh, which is good from my perspective. I don't like to have the idea of dropping weight because... Those of you that know me personally, I've known me for a number of years, will appreciate that I am very, very slight. I'm very skinny. I stick me a number of years to get to the physique I'm at now. I'm, I know I'm not massive. I'm not saying I'm a huge bodybuilder or anything like that, but it's taken me a number of years to get to the weight I am. So to see it dropping down um, isn't, from a mental perspective, isn't good for me. Um, so I'm quite happy to see it stabilizing around 85, 86. And one last thing I want to kind of cover in relation to how this past few weeks has been is been a behavior change that I've made in relation to what I did for the last four hour event. And that was, if you may remember, I reduced or cut out my caffeine completely for the two or three days before the four hour event. The idea being that if I remove it from my day to day diet, when I do have it for the four hours, it has more of a profound impact. I feel more energetic, it has more of an energy boosting effect, so to speak. And I started to think about how much caffeine and the caffeine I was having on a day-to-day -day basis. And although it's not, it wasn't massive, it was still probably too high for what I actually needed. I mean, I don't need to be doing loads of exercising with clients, so I don't need that massive boost of energy. And if anything, that's kind of just papering over the cracks. I shouldn't need that amount of caffeine if I'm gonna be healthy and functional. I should be getting enough rest from my sleep and my nutrition and my resting protocols that I don't need the energy boosting effect of caffeine. So I've taken it upon myself to purposely drop the amount of caffeine I've been having. I now only have one coffee a day. The rest of my coffees, if you like, are decaf. Um, I have generally one coffee, one normal coffee, three decaf, and then I have my monster energy drink before I train. So I technically am having two caffeinated drinks per day compared to before. I was having sometimes five or six, depending on my sleep. And although for the first few days, I did feel slightly more tired, I didn't get the headaches that a lot of people kind of document when they do cut out caffeine, but I did feel slightly more tired. That effect has dropped now. I actually feel it's weird. I feel more alert having less caffeine than I did before, which is something I didn't think would happen. I thought I would genuinely feel more tired, more fatigued, more sluggish when I'm working. But like I said, it, I feel a lot more alert. And when I'm training, like I said, the, the effect the caffeine I am having has on my body is more profound. I feel a lot more energetic. I feel like I've got more of a boost when I am having caffeine. So overall, I would think that's a big positive. It's a small change to make. It tastes exactly the same, looks exactly the same, but the effect it's had on my body has been really, really positive. So that's something to maybe consider. If you are one of these people like I used to be that relies on caffeine, take a step back and think, well, what else can you do in your 
your lifestyle that can improve your energy as opposed to relying on a drink because your long-term health and well-being is going to be massively improved if you can get more rest from or more energy shall I say from the foods you're eating from getting enough sleep from your resting protocols from your day-to-day -day behaviors as opposed to relying on a hot cup of coffee. And another daily habit that I've been doing recently on Dean's advice is what he refers to as being the power of three. And this is the game-changing habit that I mentioned at the start of this podcast that I strongly urge all of you to start doing. Essentially, what this is, is starting your day by physically writing down three things going on in your life right now that you're happy about, thankful for, and that are a positive for you. And the idea of this is that if you start every day in a positive and happy mindset, it transfers into you being more productive and more positive with your daily actions. And you'll do everything in a better mood, which then in turn results in even greater physical output. And I can tell you, hand on heart, it genuinely works. Now, I'll be honest, I was a little bit skeptical at first when Dean suggested I do this, and I didn't immediately buy into the whole idea, um, but I did stick at it, and I have stuck at it. And after about seven to 10 days, it, it really started to make a difference. By starting every day writing down three positive affirmations about yourself and your life, it ensures you start your day with your best foot forward. And now, understandably, we've all got our own kind of shit to deal with, we've all got our own stresses going on in our lives, but it's all too easy to let these dictate our mood. And that, that starting mood of your day will influence how you behave for the rest of that 24-hour period. And even though on some level we all might know some, we've got some good stuff going on in our lives, because they're just thoughts, because they're just ideas in our head, they get easily replaced by stress and all the other problems we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. So by actually writing them down, putting them into reality on a piece of paper, not on a text format, not on your phone, not on your computer, but physically handwriting it down, it takes those thoughts out of your head and makes them, like I say, a reality. It makes you be able to look back at them as well. So if you're having a down moment and you're feeling a little bit glum, you can look back at your positive affirmations that you've written down for the past couple of days or weeks, and it makes you instantly feel better about yourself. So again, this is something I would suggest you all start doing straight away. Just go buy yourself a little notepad, a little pen and paper, and every single day, just write down three things that you are thankful for, happy about, or that have a positive impact on your life. And try and think outside the box. Don't just instantly think about your health or your family. Think about the wider picture. So think about your work, you've got your friendships, you've got your social life, you've got your finances, you've got your training performances, you've got your nutritional behaviors, you've got the way, the way you look, you might be happy about the way you look at the moment. There's, there's lots of different facets of your life that you're about to draw some positives from. So yeah, definitely start doing that if you want to get the most out of your physical performance. And this power of three habit, like I said, that I've been doing, links into something I've learned recently from reading Ross Edgley's book called The Art of Resilience, which by the way, I recommend every one of you reads if you want to get the most out of your training. It's an amazing book um, and you're going to learn a lot from it. But anyway, it, what he explains is that there's now studies that have proven that your mood and happiness has a direct relationship to your physical output and your performance. Studies have found that the happier you are, the better your performance is going to be. And also, not only that, but your perception of fatigue also reduces. 
So you perform better in the first instant, but then you don't realize or you don't feel as tired whilst you're performing. Therefore, you're able to continue at that improved level for longer. And this is potentially why the Royal Marines, they live by a motto that is cheerfulness in the face of adversity. And the idea that whatever problems you face, if you approach them with a smile on your face, in a happy mood, with a positive attitude and outlook on life, you are so much more likely to succeed. So yeah, like I said, if you're looking to take your daily performance up to the next level, and I don't mean just in the gym, I don't mean just with your training, it might be your work productivity, it could be your parenting, it could even just be your general day-to-day -day mood, then you should definitely start to implement this power of three for yourself. It has honestly worked wonders for me, and I'm fairly sure it will do the same for you too. So now I wanna move on and finish with a couple of the questions from the social media Q&A that I put out the other day. The first of which was, are your legs not sore doing so many burpees every single week? Now, the short answer, answer of this is yes, they are sore. Not massively, but they are a little bit tender day to day. But that that is reducing week to week. First instance, it was very, very sore. I had a lot of DOMS the first few times I did them, but now it's not really much of an effect at all. And that largely comes down to the way that me and Dina are managing my re rest and recovery, okay? We're, we're taking particular notice of a number of markers to monitor how my body's coping with things. So things like my resting heart rate, my heart rate variability, how many hours sleep I'm getting, how my digestion system is working. All these different factors are markers of how much body stress you, you are under at the moment, okay? So if we see any of these kind of taking a downward spiral, we adjust something. And that's, like I said at the beginning of the episode, why we have dropped off the intensity of my strength training a little bit to make sure we're able to cope with the extra demands of doing so many burpees. So yeah, they are sore, but we are making modifications week to week to make sure that that soreness doesn't get worse so that I'm able to increase that training volume week to week. Another question was, how many burpees am I doing each week? Now this is varying, this is increasing week to week. Now, when I first started this training plan with Dean or this training block, I was doing 490 burpees in the first week. This past week just finished, I just did 1,680. So it's obviously a massive increment over that 89 week period. And the idea is that over the course of the year, this volume is gonna build and build and build. Now the content of each session is staying the same. I'm always doing seven reps a minute, every minute on the minute, okay? But it's increasing in terms of number of times I'm performing these burpee specific sessions in the week, and also the duration of each session as well. So over the course of the next few weeks, the brief conversations me and Dean have had recently is that the amount of burpee training is gonna increase, and I am presuming that will mean the amount of strength training ammo is also gonna decrease, okay? Because obviously we can't just keep adding training in, we have to sacrifice some element of the plan. So I imagine over the coming weeks, that total number of burpees is going to increase. So yeah, 1680 is what I did this past week. I think this week that I'm just in the middle of doing right now, I think we're pushing up towards 18, 1900, if I remember rightly, I can't remember. But yeah, pushing up pretty much an extra 100, 200 each and every week, um, just by doing either more volume or extra sessions throughout the daytime. Let me see, another question is, how do you stop yourself from being bored? Now, <laughs> this is something I'm actually having to um, do a bit of trial and error with. So the first time we did that four hour event, I, I struggled with my mindset after about the two and a half hour mark. Now obviously it was a bit of a shock to the system. The first time I'd done four hours, I was obviously fatigued. We were trialing different nutritional protocols. So we need to fine tune a number of different areas, but my mindset, my kind of focus did kind of deteriorate towards the end. 
but all I relied on was music. And if, if there was a song on that I didn't particularly like, because it was just on random, then I did find that I kind of got a little bit more kind of distracted by the way I was feeling. Whereas if it was a good song, I was able to just zone in on the song and just listen to the beat of the music and just crack on. Something that we're looking at doing this next time, because each time I do a test event, it's gonna be for a longer duration. So there's talk of this next one being six hours long. Now obviously that's a hell of a lot of time to be doing continuous burpees for. So to listen to just music for that duration is gonna be a lot of mental strength to just focus on that. And someone suggested, well, why don't you have someone there to talk to? But just in terms of energy expenditure, it sounds like that talking is tiring when you've got a number of burpees to do every single minute, okay? So I don't really wanna be talking to someone. So the idea that we've kind of come up with is I'm gonna be sitting and watching a film, okay? Put a film on in the background that doesn't require me to watch but it puts me into a positive mindset, a happy kind of comedy film, if you like. So I'll be honest, my first instant reaction was to put something like either Happy Gilmore on or a TV series like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And the idea being that I can just have it on in the background. I don't need to watch it to know where the film's up to because I've seen both of them so many times, but it's gonna make me chuckle. It's gonna make me feel good about myself. And that go linking back to that idea of mood and performance. If my mindset is in a good place, if I feel happy, if I feel positive, if I'm laughing, it can only have a positive effect on my physical output. So that is what I'm personally gonna be trialing in this next test event, however long it might be, four, six or eight hours. I'm gonna be putting a film on in the background and that was gonna hopefully gonna keep me going a little bit longer than just music alone did. And the last question that I wanna go through today, because I'm conscious of time, I've got a couple more, but I'll cover those in the next couple of weeks or so on social media. But the last question is, am I getting enough sleep to recover from this volume of burpees that I'm doing at the moment? And the short answer of that is no. <laughs> um, any of you that are parents of um, young ones, you'll know how hard it can be to try and get a good solid seven hour sleep. Um, and I, I mentioned it at the beginning, I said I'd go into it a little bit more depth later on. So at the moment, Charlie and Zach have been a bit ill. They've had a bit of a cough and a cold. And I sound stuff, it's only a cough and a cold, but it wakes them up during the night. Charlie in particular has been very disturbed during the night, waking up coughing pretty much every 45, 60 minutes. And then if he settles down, then Zach will start coughing and then Harrison will start coughing and then back to Charlie. And it's always one of them that's waking up. And I think there was two or three nights in a row where we averaged about four and a half, five hours sleep, which is nowhere near enough sleep to be able to recover from just a normal training volume. And I say normal as in the typical three to four times a week in a gym. Never mind all the amount of extra training I'm doing in terms of my burpees every single day. So yeah, short answer is no, I'm not getting enough sleep. To a certain extent, there's nothing I can do to improve that because at the end of the day, when you're a parent, you've got to wake up when your kids wake up and they're crying, you've got to settle them, whatever. But what we are doing, me and Dean have spoke about, is maximizing my pre-bed routine. So I've mentioned this before, um, and my day-to-day, -day, or night-to-night, shall I say, routine hasn't really changed much, it's very consistent, but there's a few extra things I might start to add in to hopefully accelerate that sleeping process, fall asleep quicker, and also fall asleep into a deeper sleep stage quicker as well. So that is, I'm gonna start using a lavender diffuser, okay, lavender spray on my pillow, because the scent of lavender is associated with falling asleep, it's more of a relaxing smell, um, and the idea being that when you smell that smell, your brain starts to remember, ah, that smell happens before I go to sleep. I need to start getting ready for sleep. So it's kind of a trigger, if you like, for your body to start to relax. So if I can be reading my book in bed, which I normally do, but also do that whilst also smelling this lavender scent, hopefully that will help me fall asleep quicker and deeper. Another one is practicing some breathing meditation, okay? So 
again, this is something I've never really tried before. Um, I've always been a little bit, again, skeptical about this kind of stuff, but Dean assures me it works. I'm gonna trust him on that. He's, he's not been wrong with anything else so far. So I'm gonna be practicing a bit of deep breathing whilst I'm in bed. So once I finish my book, light out, go through some breathing practices to help my mind and my body essentially meditate, if you like, um, before I go to sleep and get into that deeper sleep stage quicker and, and more efficiently. So that's essentially where my sleep hopefully will be improving because I can't do anything differently about getting a longer sleep. I can't wake up any later because I've got to get to work. I can't really go to bed any earlier, otherwise I wouldn't get any time at home with Helen. So it is something which is going to improve the quality of rather than looking at improving the quantity. So yeah, fingers crossed it works. And that is everything I wanted to cover today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Apologies for the length of it, but of course, with two weeks to catch up on, it was always going to be a little bit longer than normal. I um, hope you found it insightful and interesting. And if there's anything you'd like to get in touch with me about and ask about in relation to the content I've covered, please feel free to reach out to me on social media. And if any of you have not yet rated and reviewed this podcast, please drop it a five star on the review section of the device that you're listening on. I'd be much appreciated. And I look forward to catching up with you all again next week. Have a great day and an amazing week. We could be a mother.